0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Highly Unlikely Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today.
1: Yeah, today the conversation revolves around really how as Christians can we live a highly unlikely life? How can we make the highly unlikely choice compared to culture around us? And so we're just really excited. We think you're going to benefit from what we talk about today with our special guests. So let's dig in. Hey guys, welcome to Highly Unlikely with Josh and Janae. We are so excited for today's conversation. We have our special guest Alex Seely here with us. Woohoo. Welcome. <laughs> uh, well, Alex, I was just wondering if we could start off today with you letting everyone know kind of who you are, where you come from, and a little background about you. Yeah, my name is
2: Alex Seely, obviously, and uh, my husband and I get the honor and privilege of leading uh, the church in Nashville that we lead is the Belonging Company. And we've been in America 10 years, as you can tell by my accent. I Mm -hmm. was not born here. Uh, We came from Australia and, uh, yeah, moved 10 years ago on just the sole, you know, direction of the Lord, moved Mm -hmm. to America. We didn't know why. We didn't know what for. But uh, here we are, pastoring a church, Uh, unlikely people to be pastoring a church yeah. in an right. unlikely place called Nashville. So, yeah, yeah, we definitely uh, got surprised by that calling, but we love it.
1: So yeah, that's we're what excited we do. to dig into that today. Yeah. Is it your first time in North Dakota?
2: It is. Welcome. And it is so cold. It's freezing, <laughs> it's so guys. Awesome. I have literally borrowed a sleeping
1: bag to live in. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it's
2: beautiful, mm-hmm. so beautiful.
1: The people, we say it's cold, <clears> but the people are warm. So hopefully yeah, they will get to experience yeah.
2: that. No, it's all good.
1: Awesome. Well, we always start off with our question. Do you want to do the honors?
0: Pulling from the middle. Okay. (laughs) Who's your favorite cartoon character? Oh, my god! What a question.
2: That is a great question. (laughs) I don't think I've watched a cartoon in a long time. I have an 18-year-old and a 14-year-old, so So we we don't watch cartoons. (laughs) Um, Who would I think is, like, when I was growing up, I used to watch a lot of uh, who was my favorite Tweety Bird mm. oh yeah
1: I loved I loved Tweety Bird there uh-huh. you go yeah I love that <laughs> yeah we were with little kids right now we're like I'm like naming off of my mom.
0: oh yeah we can even here. sing their songs uh, yeah.
2: So yeah. I can you off yeah, yeah sorry yeah. I'm out of those seasons <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah thank
1: the lord right but, awesome well we wanted to just really glean from your wisdom today and just have a conversation around a lot of things that it seems like God has done in your life that is highly unlikely. Yeah. And um, first, I also want to talk about um, Alex's book, The The Opposite Life, with, which I feel like explains highly unlikely. The whole thing mm-hmm. is such yeah. a great book. And if you're yeah. listening or watching, um, just encourage you to get this book and read it because truly believing that it's a life-changing book that yeah. talks about really— all the highly unlikely things as believers that we're really called to do. And Mm -hmm. it's highly unlikely to find in culture today. And so um, first wanted to just start off. We know like we lead together uh, and we've watched from afar. You and your husband, you lead together. You do seems like a lot together and you're a strong leader as a woman. And just would love you to share how have you found balance in that? How have you honoured one another in that? Yeah, And family, work, yeah. all of those things.
2: Yeah, I, I get that question a lot. Obviously, yeah. uh, it's quite funny because when you meet me and you don't know me deeply, you would assume that I'm a really strong personality.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: yes, I am. I'm, I'm strong but I'm really quite submitted. If you ever see me with my husband, he is the boss. He is yes. the leader, and I have no problem with that. I actually find a, a great strength in that and and security in that. So, mm. and I think because we have worked together on some level for 25 years, um, it's why this works now. Um, mm. When we first were friends, before we were even dating, we served in our youth ministry together he was the creative director doing all the worship music and creative things. And I was the pastor of women and new Christians. And so yeah. we were always in the same spheres, but not doing the same things. And mm-hmm. so I was actually a singer as well. So I used to help in the worship team. So that's how we kind of connected, got together. But our streams in, of ministry were very different. Mm-hmm. And so we we actually got to work together alongside each other as friends before mm-hmm. we were even dating. And then when yeah. we got married, same thing. I was always in that pastoral role. He was always in that creative role. But we always had that kind of middle of doing worship together. And I think because we did that for, gosh, how long, 20, 20 years, or, oh, 18 years, I think, mm-hmm. together under a uh, um, strong leadership, mm-hmm. we were able to, Really love working together. Like, we actually are best friends before anything. And I think that's always a key mm-hmm. element. So, when it came to coming to America and actually God surprising us that we were going to lead this church together, I'll be honest, the first few years we had to get a rhythm because I understood a lot of the pastoral element. And Henry really is the most unlikely senior pastor that you're yeah. ever going to meet because he is, his whole world was I'm a worship guy, I'm a music guy. He, was a, he, he still does but produces, mixes, writes, mm. you know, leads worship, all of that. So he's like, hold on a minute, I never, that was never a dream. That was never even on my radar to mm-hmm. lead a church. So for me because I, I was always, I led a region, I was a regional pastor, of our church in Australia, where from Planet Shakers, where I had like fifteen hundred people under my care, oh. so really I was you know help running within the church, a church of fifteen hundred people, which meant fifty leaders and co groups, and but I did that all by myself. I didn't oh. do that with Henry. He did all the worship piece, even my discipleships. He was never there. He was always downstairs in the studio. So when it came to leading the church, and we had you know one hundred and twenty to start with when we were official. I took that leadership a bit stronger than him, Mm -hmm. thinking in my mind, oh, I know what this looks like. You don't, so Mm -hmm. let me handle it. But what I was doing is I was not allowing him to step into the call as senior leader.
3: Yeah.
2: And it was all subconscious and we found ourselves up against a Mm -hmm. rub. And Henry's very gracious if you meet him. I mean, he's never yelled at me in 25 years being married. He's just the kindest human you'll ever meet. But in his way, he just, hey, love, I, I I need you to let me lead. And mm-hmm. so in those first few years, I had to learn how to go actually, even if things don't look the way I think they should look, I have yeah. to trust that my husband has been given the mantle to lead, so I'm going to step back. But that's after being married to him for a long time, you know, mm-hmm. and I think if we'd done that when we were younger, it may have been a lot different, but there was a, a great ease. And so... The beauty of how it all started for us is that I always used to preach and then he would always lead worship. So there was never any friction on that. It was Mm -hmm. just that that was your gifting, that's my gifting. But as the church has grown, as my ministry has actually taken an extra path of Mm -hmm. traveling a lot more. I was like, Henry, you have to start preaching. And he's mm-hmm. like, I don't want to preach. I'm like, well, I have to go away this weekend. And yeah. and so he had to learn how to preach. So I think we have a unique dynamic where it was never a wrestle for position. Yeah, It was a realising of this is what I'm called to now and we have to actually encourage us both to do what we're both called to do. Mm. And so Henry's always been the, of the thought, you don't put somebody in there because of gender Mm-hmm. You, you put somebody there because of the anointing on their lives. Right. And so yeah. he's recognized, what's the anointing on Alex's life? What's the anointing on my life? And mm-hmm. that's why we've been able to lead really, really well together. And I think we have a great, great synergy of that.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wow. I love that.
0: We had talked before and I just said there's some stuff we watched you guys do in 2020 that we just felt like you were pastoring us from a TV screen. We were just watching you lead. And yeah. both of you in that anointing, yeah. we've benefited from the worship of the belonging company yeah. and the preaching and yeah. um, those giftings Thanks. you're talking about. Yeah, And um, I was just thinking about the way that we've seen you minister. We know that you guys had a conference and you prayed for people for like seven or eight hours. And <laughs> I heard another story of, Um, you bringing a girl forward and praying for her and her being touched by God in a special way. And I just, I'm curious, and I'm trying not to turn this into a leadership chat because it is for the everyday believer, but once you know you're gifting, and even once you know the Holy Spirit's working in you, but also through you, for both the person going to their job every day, but for you in ministry, how do you honor that? And how do you know like, oh, this is a pause moment. God's doing something and I'm going to partner with him and be obedient. Like what is cultivating that? What does that look like for you?
2: Well, I think first and foremost for the everyday listener that's listening, this is for you. This yes. isn't just for pastors and yeah. leaders. And this is how we train our church, that every single person is anointed to lay hands on the sick to exercise the gifts of the Spirit. They yeah. are for the believer. They are not for the office of prophet, teacher, pastor, even though we all have those five-fold ministries in every vocation. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, we are carriers of the Holy Spirit. We right. need to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, it's better that I go mm-hmm. so that the Holy Spirit will be with you right. to give you all of this because it was yes. it was like Jesus being with the disciples. He taught them everything he knew and then he says, now I have to go so now this can actually go far wider because if mm-hmm. I'm here, I'm limited to the, just the people that I'm in contact with, but now the Holy Spirit is going to fall on all flesh and you need to wait for him. Don't do anything, in fact. Mm -hmm. Don't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Don't pray for anybody until the Holy Spirit comes Mm -hmm. upon you from on high. And I don't think we teach this enough Mm -hmm. to our body because we have, I believe, the church has allowed the ministers who are paid on staff to operate in these gifts, Mm -hmm. and then the layperson that's sitting in the congregation is always looking towards a minister when we're all called to be ministers of reconciliation. Yes. So yeah. when I got saved at the age of 11, I was part of a church that from the get-go is teaching you about the relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's, mm-hmm. it's the first week after salvation is be baptised in the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. be full of the Spirit, Yeah, and now we're going to teach you how to move and live in the Spirit. Oh. And so I believe you can be naturally supernatural.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And so just like Jesus was, he was constantly aware of his surroundings but he was constantly in tune with his father mm. to listen and then obey.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: so I don't really have a, um, an answer that's going to give you mm-hmm. the method but it is being in relationship with the person of Holy Spirit yeah. mm-hmm. that then you have to lean into the whisper and take a risk and mm-hmm. step out. And so yeah. what I'm doing now I've actually been doing since I was 12 years old. So when Mm. I first got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit and I'm hearing about how you can do this, I would be on school buses and the Holy Spirit would give me a thought about a girl Mm. and he would go exercise it. and So I would go up and say, hey, this may sound really dumb but is this, this, this and this? And they'd be like, how do you know? Mm. I'm like, well, the Lord actually just wanted to encourage you and tell you Mm. that he loves you. And you'd see these little tears run down and so you you knew, oh, I've just hit on something.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And then I would exercise it again. And then I would exercise it again. Sometimes mm-hmm. it was a miss. But the thing is, if you, every time you preempt a thought that comes into your heart, hey, I'm not sure if this resonates with you. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like the Lord wants to start with the encouragement. The Lord yeah. just wants to encourage. Or you discern something, someone looks sad. Hey, could I come and pray with you? Of course. Okay. And then the Lord may give you something as your praying. And so what you're doing, because I believe the gifts of the Spirit are, especially for the unbeliever, Mm -hmm. to reveal the love of Jesus. And so now in a church setting, I'm constantly aware, where do you want to go, God? Mm -hmm. How do you want to move? And so if he says, he'll put, sometimes it's not even like a physical light, but I just feel like there's a light shining on a person. So Mm -hmm. I won't even know what to do. I'll just know call that person because I've taken the step of faith. Yes. Yeah. God then gives you the rest and I think where people fall short is they are afraid of if I get it wrong. Yeah. That mm-hmm. you just got to step out in faith and he's
1: going to give you small
2: little mm-hmm. assignments mm-hmm. before he's going to give you the big ones. Right. Yeah. right. So it's so
1: beautiful. even with you saying that let's say someone does step out in faith and feels like yeah. I got it wrong or maybe it was a miss. How how do we move forward from that? How do they yeah, we'd go, Step you know out what, faith again.
2: we made a mistake, move on. Mm-hmm. You know, you tried your best. Yes. It, it came from the right heart. Yes. Right. And I think you just got to learn just like a child when they're learning to walk, they have a few falls before mm-hmm. they get their momentum of actually it's being okay. able to walk across the house. Yes. It's okay to have a few stumbles. Now, don't ever go out saying, thus saith the Lord, if yeah. you don't know if it is the Lord and you're right. still working it out, just yeah. saying, hey, mm-hmm. I sense God is saying, I'm, mm-hmm. I feel yeah. this. Does that resonate, um, or if you just because it's sometimes it's so random that you know it's God because you're you're on one train of thought, and then I'm like, if I saw you and and the Lord was like, you know, just thinking about babies or something like that, and then mm-hmm. I'd be like, hey, are you believing for children?
1: Mm.
2: You know, actually, yes. Okay, mm. would you like me to pray for you? You know what I mean. Mm, I'm not yes. thinking about you having yep. children, yeah. but if that thought would to drop in. I'm going to be sensitive to hear those random thoughts because God actually speaks to us in our thoughts. Mm -hmm. We don't think he does, yet we listen to the enemy on repeat in our thoughts. So why is it that God is so much more difficult to listen to? Mm -hmm. It's that we're not tuning our ear. We think, oh, that's just me. Mm -hmm. It's not. If If it pertains to another person, Be sure it's going to be about God. And I think God loves the risk. Mm -hmm. I think he loves it when you step out in faith because if your heart is for the person and this isn't about you, it's for the person, I'm telling you, God's going to honour that. Mm -hmm. And so it's exercising that. But first you have to have a relationship with Holy Spirit. You have Mm -hmm. to know the person of Holy Spirit. You have to have allowed him to fill you in order don't go from oh I just got born again to now I'm moving in the gifts of the spirit no you need him. be filled with the spirit you need to know the spirit mm-hmm. <laughs> you need to know Jesus and yes. you need to be in his word and so that you know how to recognize his voice and yeah. so it steps mm-hmm. forward in that yeah. way so I hope that kind of answers I think that's that so wonderful
0: you touched on fear a little bit and I um was thinking about the fear of criticism and yeah. I know in your book, you touch on criticism. You yes. tell a story um, that mm-hmm. I know Janae read to me. You have to hear this and mm-hmm. about yeah. just receiving criticism. And I think a lot of people struggle with a fear of criticism yeah. and even a hard time receiving compliments, too. It's yes. like we just want to live in the middle of not having yeah. either sometimes. Yep. Um. But I know you guys took just some, in, in our perspective, amazing steps of leadership in 2020 where a lot of pastors and churches really stepped back. Yeah. And I know that, you know, people never really talk about it unless yeah. you go out there and tell people, but I know that comes with backlash. I know it comes yeah. with mm-hmm. criticism. And yeah, so as as you've been exposed to more and more people and your voice has, I heard you say something earlier, not on the podcast, but you said, I'm so dead. Yes. And I think you were saying I'm dead to the world. Like I'm in tune to what God is speaking.
2: 100%. Yeah. My and, flesh is dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I've often heard this analogy of when you kick a dead person in the gut, they don't go, ah; they're dead. Mm -hmm. They don't feel it, right? Mm -hmm. I can pull somebody's hair when they're dead. They don't feel it. I can pinch their cheeks. They're not going to feel it, Mm -hmm. right, because they're dead. Mm -hmm. There's no nerve endings that are being touched on. In Christ, it's no longer I that live but Christ that lives in me. Mm. We die to the flesh. Mm -hmm. We rise up a new creation. That new creation is Mm Christlike. That new creation is becoming more like Jesus. And if you look at the model of Jesus, he was not enamored by the praises of man. Therefore, he wasn't affected by their criticism because he said, I I discerned what was in the heart of man. They're Mm -hmm. fickle. One minute they're up, one minute they're down. So I did not entrust my heart to them. Mm -hmm. Now, he loved them. But he didn't put his heart in their hands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is where, as leaders especially, we cannot put our life in people's hands. they are to lead them, not be loved by them.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: This is a very big piece. And I believe a lot of leadership, if you've not died to yourself and to your flesh, you are going to be taken out because men and women are fickle. We we lead broken people in our mm-hmm. churches. I'm not saying I'm not broken. We have all been broken. Yeah. But we are leading broken humanity. So you cannot lead them with caring about if they're going to turn on you or not. It's going to take you out. And I had to learn this the hard way. But God says, Die so that you can live and therefore you're Mm -hmm. able to rise above any criticism because you know it's not personal. How did Jesus have Judas in his midst and not fall apart Mm -hmm. when he was Mm -hmm. betrayed by him? And my husband got this revelation that when we first started the church, he said, Henry, are you prepared to have a Judas in your midst, in your leadership team? Wow. Well, of course not, Lord, because we need unity and we need to build. And he says, so do you think I did the wrong thing in having Judas in my inner circle? And he got this revelation of that. He says, are you willing to rise above that, and, and, and not care about your reputation? That if you had a Judas that would have take you out, that you were so dead that you would still love that person and mm-hmm. minister to that person, knowing very well what they're capable of. Wow. And that's actually how we've learned to live as leaders. So when it comes to doing what God has asked you to do, there's no fear of man. And I think this is the key. When leadership is fearful of men, King Saul feared men. King David feared God. Mm -hmm. The difference of their ministries, they started at the same age. They started with the same anointing. They Mm -hmm. had the same Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. One ended badly. One ended well. Same leadership length, 40 and 42 years. One went mad and killed himself. Mm -hmm. The other is now part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. Why? One feared God, the other feared man. So you have to deal with this. Otherwise Mm -hmm. you will never move in the spirit Mm -hmm. because you're fearful of what's going to happen. There's been days and, you know, my assistant is sitting in this room, but I've stood on a stage and going, I don't actually know what to do right now. We're just going to be silent. Mm. Most leaders are scared to do that. Mm-hmm. You've got to fill in the blanks, yeah. got to keep talking. God can do more in a moment of silence than any of your words. So you've got to learn to be okay. If you're out the way, you don't. Need, you've got to be vulnerable enough to say, I don't know. You've got to be okay to go, God, you are God and I am not. Mm-hmm. And when you live in that space, when you're prepared to look foolish to man, God says, great, I can trust you and I can move mm-hmm. through you because mm-hmm. you're not in the way. But I believe we have a lot of narcissistic leaders who make mm. it more about them than yeah. they do about mm-hmm. the one we're worshipping. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: That's so good. Yeah. I think along the same lines, we've just come out of two years, really, of a lot of tension in our nation, in the whole world, yeah. and especially in the church. Yeah. And like Josh said, we felt like you were pastoring us from our TV in many ways, um, and I feel like the theme that I saw from your leadership, your life, what the Lord was speaking through you was of reconciliation and being reconcilers. And that's what he's called us to be. But we wanted to just ask and have you touch on just what you said not being afraid of the criticism of man. And how yeah. did you discern yeah. when to speak, when to stay silent, how to yes. lead? Really, so many people outside of even your church, Mm -hmm. and how to be a reconciler for the gospel.
2: Yeah, well, a lot of prayer, a lot of digging into the 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 secret place. I mean, I I, was—I'm not going to lie—I was afraid some days. I was intimidated some Mm -hmm. days because, especially in the south, there is a definite principality and a power um, over that area and region, especially in the area of racism and in the area of politics. And um, this nationalism that has been uh, merged into the church, it's not the kingdom, you know. I think this is where we, if you read the scriptures, you realise that people were mad at Jesus because they were waiting for the deliverer to overthrow a Roman empire Mm -hmm. so that Jewish people could get back to leading. Mm -hmm. And yet Jesus comes as this baby in a poor stable to a virgin mother, I mean, it's nonsensical. Mm -hmm. And then he comes with the whole direction of I'm going to love people and not fight with people. I'm not going to take a side. I'm going to be about my father's business. Mm -hmm. And, in fact, I'm going to lay down my life. And that's going to, because I'm actually going to a superior kingdom. You want the government to be made right, but I need you to come up to a kingdom mentality and Mm -hmm. actually gain the authority that I gave you in the garden to have dominion and rulership over the earth. It's not about a political regime, even though, yes, in our society, we need politics. I'm not against politics, but politics is not the answer for the kingdom. Right. And this is where for me it was just a no-brainer. It's like why are we getting so caught up in the weeds of politics when God actually said, I come from, I, I'm here
3: mm-hmm.
2: of a superior calling and it's kingdom. I am not of this world. Repent for the kingdom of God is here, not I'm here to deliver you from that and that. And then when he was in front of that Roman Empire and he was accused and ready to be executed, he never defended himself He never opened his mouth. When Mm -hmm. Peter went to chop off the ear and pull out a sword to fight, he said that is not how we're going to do Mm -hmm. it because if you live by that, you will die by that. I'm I'm here at a superior kingdom and the way I'm going to win this war is by dying,
3: Mm.
2: not by fighting. And so I look at that and I go, how have we gone so off thinking, and, you know, for 2020 it was about a man in a government position that was supposed to be the saviour of the world. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: I'm sorry, but that is scary. Mm -hmm. Let's never forget the main thing. The main thing is Jesus. Mm -hmm. The main thing is Jesus and his kingdom. And so I had no worries in keeping it the main thing, even though we were totally criticised. So you're not doing this enough, you're doing – I mean, every pastor literally was – excuse my – my language, but damned if you do, damned if you don't. Mm -hmm. Honestly, that's what it felt like. Mm -hmm. Are you for masks? You're damned. If you're against masks, you're damned. If you're for this person and you're for, I mean, you couldn't win. Mm -hmm. And actually scripture has a beautiful rendition of that about how when Jesus said, you know, that this is what humanity is like. Mm -hmm. It's like kids playing a game and one wants to play weddings and one wants to play funerals. And when someone says, I want to play weddings, the funerals people go, no, we want to play funerals. But honestly, it's just because they want what they want.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But
2: actually the kingdom is proved right.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Wisdom is proved right by our deeds. Yep. And what's our deeds? It's to win the lost.
3: Mm-hmm. It's not
2: to play these games. It's yeah. not to be on sides. And so for Henry and I, it was really, really obvious. Plus in the in the racial part, we have a lot of people of colour in our church. Mm-hmm. And I'm an Australian and we don't have that issue in Australia like it is in America. And I was ignorant to a lot of of what that looked like. Mm -hmm. So instead of listening to the media, I had people gather around my dinner table and I said, what's it like for you? Mm -hmm. Tell me your story. Now this wasn't a story of 50 years ago. This was a story of last week. Mm -hmm. This was a story of last month. My dearest friends who couldn't even go to a cafe Because they were judged and they were ridiculed and they were criticised because of the colour of their skin. We have a problem Mm -hmm. and we cannot ignore it. And I don't care what you call me, but I have friends who are hurting and therefore I'm going to stand with those that are mourning Mm -hmm. and have empathy because Jesus was the greatest empath Mm -hmm. because he got in our shoes and walked the way we walked so he could feel what we feel. Mm
3: -hmm. And
2: I think that As a Christian, if we do not get that, we're in a really troubled time. Mm -hmm. And so I had no problem saying, hey, this is kingdom. But it wasn't about proving a point. It wasn't about bringing an agenda. It was about, Jesus, what would you have done in this? You've Mm -hmm. called us to be ministers of reconciliation. The day of Pentecost was a day where every (laughs) tribe and every tongue was put in one melting pot and you chose that day to pour Mm -hmm. out your spirit. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's coincidental. I think it's very intentional. That's beautiful. So it's easy when you see it through God's eyes, right? Yep. So anyway.
1: So how would we help someone understand, let's say they have a coworker, they share completely different views on everything. How can we be reconcilers even if maybe we don't come to the same conclusions about everything? How can we love those who really we don't agree with on many different levels? It's a great question. And we – honestly, if you came to our church – Let's just
2: go politically. We have a lot of people who voted blue and we've got a lot of people who voted red. Mm -hmm. Yet one day I'll never forget looking at two guys who have the most polar political views you could ever imagine and are very vocal about it on their social media. They have a platform, both of them. And yet both of them standing next to each other, hands raised, worshipping And I began to weep because at the end of the day, God's not looking for uniformity. He's looking for unity. Mm. And the thing that unifies us is Jesus Christ. So you might like chocolate and I might like ice cream, Mm -hmm. but that should never divide us Mm -hmm. to know that we both love Jesus. Mm -hmm. All of that. That's just semantics. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But at the end of the day, we're called to love one another because of the God inside of each person. And whether they think like me, talk like me, act like me, the love that I have for them is not based on their belief system. In fact, I have a couple in my church that the husband and wife have differing views on everything, but they love each other. Mm -hmm. So you can actually, you're called to love. Mm -hmm. You're called to love your enemy. So where do we get, why can't we love people that think differently Mm -hmm. to us? Because that's just wrong. It's like this whole vaccine thing. Mm -hmm. I'm like, if you're an anti-vaxxer, that's your decision. Mm -hmm. If you're a vaxxer, that's your decision. Mm -hmm. But I'm not now going to not be in relationship with you because we hold two different views on whether we should be vaccinated or not vaccinated. Mm -hmm. I'm like, my gosh, if we're going to die on those hills while people Mm -hmm. are going to hell, are being ridiculous mm-hmm. and you just have to sometimes sit back and go, what is this all about? Yeah. My brother and sister are going to be in heaven one day mm-hmm. and I better get to coexist with them now. So let's mm-hmm. learn to put aside the things that divide us but really focus on the things that unify mm-hmm. us because when you start talking about the things of God, I'm telling you we all have the same opinion on that. Mm-hmm. You talk mm-hmm. about the encounters that we're having. You talk about the salvation experience. You talk about the power yeah. of the Holy Spirit. There's no there's no opinion that's differing mm-hmm. in that. So let's keep the main thing the main thing. And so mm-hmm. I have a lot of people who think very differently to me. But I'm in great relationship with them yeah. because I love them and I love the God in them. Mm-hmm. So you can
3: do it.
1: Yes. I think that speaks to where you said my flesh is dead. It's dead. Mm-hmm. And it's our flesh just keeps that's trying right. to, wants to prove points and wants yeah, to be I right. Yeah, I think,
2: I love this, this phrase. Uh, I think I write it in there but, mm-hmm. um, you know, We so want to be right rather than be in right relationships. Mm -hmm. And I'm all about being in right relationship. It's how we lead our family. Mm. It's how we lead our staff. I don't need to be right in order to feel good about myself. I want to be in right relationship. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do everything I can to keep the relationship Mm -hmm. pure and strong. And if I have to lay down my right to be right, because actually, can we just go there for a minute, when you were born again, he became your Lord, so you lost every right, mm. so you don't have any rights. Mm. So, again, mm-hmm. this nationalism, and I know some people are probably freaking out listening to this right now, <laughs> um, it's not kingdom mm-hmm. because if I look at some countries where there's absolute persecution, mm-hmm. the church grows. Mm. So you don't even need religious freedom. We don't need to fight for religious freedom. Because religious freedom lives inside of my heart. Yes, I am free to worship whether a government tells me you can't or you can. No one can take away what's inside of me.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: While I want to, yes, protect, so don't get me wrong, it's not like I just want the whole world to go rogue, I'm just going to let the Lord fight mm-hmm. because at the end of the day my relationship with God is not determined on my environment.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It's all internal for me. So, again, my rights have died, and my king is who I listen to. Mm -hmm. And his kingdom says turn the other cheek, walk the extra mile, give your coat if your shirt's been stolen, do what is actually opposite to what your flesh is wanting to do right now. Forgive 70 times 7. Mm -hmm. It's kingdom. But why is it that we can't do that in the church? Yep. So don't you preach at me and quote scriptures at me when you can't love your neighbour because mm-hmm. the greatest commands are love him and love others. Yes. If we could just boil Christianity to those two things, we'd have a very different world.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: But our rights get in the way, our opinions get in the way, and we want to be right rather than be in right relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: That's That's so not good. I think what we learned probably most through that time too was, and maybe some of you listening have experienced this where maybe we've said something or and it kind of takes you back or takes your breath back away or rubs you the wrong way. And take that to the Lord and say, okay, God, why is this rubbing me the wrong yes. way? Lord, why is there something that I believe that is not lining up with your word and being no. open to him in his loving kindness correcting us? I think so much we just... Had a lot of conversations of we don't know what we don't know, and we have to listen to understand to those who've experienced 100%. life in a, such a different way than us. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can't. I used to have a real issue because I didn't understand it. And I'd be like, mm-hmm. Well, what's the
2: problem? I like you, mm-hmm. but then I I wasn't in their shoes. And when I actually saw, I was like, now that I have seen, I'm responsible.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So you cannot gaslight people and go, oh, that didn't happen. That's abuse. Mm-hmm. You cannot say to someone, oh, that doesn't matter or that hasn't happened to me. I mean, I had a person in my church saying, oh, I've never experienced racism as a white person. I've never seen it with my own eyes. And I was like, that's the most arrogant statement I've ever heard any human mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Because you've not listened. Mm-hmm. How can we sit there and say it hasn't happened when it's happened to somebody just last week, and and we ignore it?
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And so, yes, can we change the way people think? No, we we. But we can do our part. Yes, and we can just listen. I think if we just we did something in our church where when a tragedy happened with the the um, community of color, I said to the Lord, I need to do something, and we opened up our doors to every person of colour to come and grieve because no one had ever been allowed to grieve. It was the most profound experience I've ever been a part of. 150 people just came and shared their stories. Just Everyone, one by one, shared their stories of the fears that they carry and fathers who have sons that have to raise their sons in, in fear that they may be pulled over. It's real. I don't have to tell my son. If the police pulls you over, make sure you do this. Because I know the police is going to look at my son and think, oh, you're a great young man. Mm. I don't have that fear. And when I heard some people who are very prominent in Christendom sit and weep as mothers saying, Mm -hmm. I have that fear, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: when Ahmaud Aubrey was just taken so violently for no reason while he was just jogging, Mm -hmm. that's real fear. Mm -hmm. And if we gaslight that, we're not mourning with those that mourn. Yes. We're not empathising with those that need to listen. We need to listen. We need to be aware. And Mm -hmm. um, it changed everything. And it's amazing that even though that, that day we didn't just let people share their grievances and their fears, we took them to Jesus. Yes. And it ended with praise and worship. And it was so disheartening to me, guys, that people in our church saw that. As a political agenda and mm-hmm. didn't see it for what it was. Mm-hmm. It broke my heart because that's when I realized we've got a lot of work to
3: do. Because
2: mm-hmm. even in the church, if the church, people in your church are actually going, Ugh, oh, dear, we're mm-hmm. not unified yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't a lot, but enough to make a sound. Mm-hmm. So we've got work to do. Yeah. And that's okay.
0: I think there's a theme over and over. And I know there's people listening who can feel like, wow, this is political but you're nice. missing it like yes. if that's what you're thinking you're nice. missing it because it's kingdom. what yeah and it's a higher calling it is yes. and we are called higher than yes. sometimes where our, our thoughts sink into yeah. into tribalism and yeah. you know having to have one agenda or one platform mm-hmm. that we just totally buy nice. into like our calling as a new uh creation yes. is higher than that yes. And, yes. and i think that's hard sometimes we sink beneath that and then we get stuck in conversations like this and it's Mm -hmm. and I know it's hard for some people to hear because they've set themselves in one way yeah and it's challenging it
2: is it was challenging to me guys
0: and the gospel is disruptive it is it's
2: offensive Mm -hmm. yeah and it's going to offend our flesh Mm -hmm. and that's where I've always had to learn in the posture of humility I'm here to learn because I don't know everything and in fact I was like I'm I have to admit that I'm actually ignorant in this area And I'm not – I can stay ignorant and shut the door or I can learn. And I think we just need to be open to learn. We mm-hmm. might not understand it all and it is a complex issue. And there's nuances and there's yep. it, 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 there's good and bad in it all. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I just chose to sit with the people in my life and listen to their stories. Yep. I'm not being played by a media narrative. I'm not being – you know, played by the news and the news, look, they just want to sell papers. I know mm-hmm. I remember Henry saying this one day. He goes, guys, newspapers just want to sell. That their mm-hmm. bottom line is make money. So they don't care what story they're gonna throw. But there's gotta be there's an element somewhere where there is truth to this. So we've got to dig to find that yes. in our own communities and look for those that are hurting and mm-hmm. bring the healing there. Because as a Christian, it's like an abuse victim, you know, if I had a girl who was sexually abused, and then I just say to her, go see, go to that man counsellor and just deal with it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That's so bad mm-hmm. because, number one, a man actually violated her. Mm-hmm. So first we've got to get her feeling safe and then we can bring the healing. But we've got to understand there hasn't even been a safe space because the, you know, the person that's maybe done the, abusing looks a certain way. Now that man that's the counselor, he didn't do the the violation, but mm-hmm. that's a trigger, right? Mm-hmm. So again, you have to make people feel safe before you can bring healing. And mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so we just gotta be Same open way. to that.
1: Yeah. Oh. Well, We've gone great. deep here, guys. This is I great. <laughs> I, I could do this all day. <laughs> I love this <laughs> so much. So insightful. I think you said some I can't remember exactly how you said it, but it reminded us of something we tell our staff and even within our home, and we say we're accountable to what we know, yes. and um, so once you either hear someone's story or a first account, or you yeah. have a new revelation from Scripture, we're as believers accountable to yeah. what God's taught us and what we know. Yeah. And so you can only start with what you know That's and what right. He's taught you, and grow from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it will be a process until we are yeah. in heaven, and constant. Mm-hmm. We'll never we're constant learners, yes. until we get to heaven, yes.
0: I'd love to ask this question as we wrap up, yeah. especially when there's pastors or yeah. church leaders in the room and just say, because I know your church is winning. It's doing amazing things and reaching a lot of people. And so I just would love to celebrate that and mm-hmm. just ask you, like, what are one or two things that right now are happening in your church that you just go, yes, it's so awesome. I'm not asking you to brag on your church. Maybe I am, but just well, celebrating. we should brag on our church. Yes. Yeah, just celebrating what God It's like our family, yes, yeah. right? Um, what are you excited about?
2: Honestly, I love the worship that's coming out of house right mm-hmm. now. We just actually released a song today called Everything is Changing Now. We're about to, on March 25th, the album comes out. and um, What's it is, called? Uh, here. By the belonging company. H-E-R-E. Here. Awesome. here. <laughs> I know it's such a weird here, here, but it's like here. <laughs> I love um, it. Uh, not... Listen, here, Uh, it's so weird. I'm like, really? This is going to be so confusing. (laughs) Um, But uh, it was, yeah, just moments that we've captured from conference and over the years, uh, over the year, we sing our songs for so long and then we release them. It's Mm -hmm. uh, funny. But our worship, I think there's just such a pure sound that's coming out of the house that's causing people to encounter God. Mm -hmm. I think that is a huge thing to celebrate.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Honestly, I think the the beauty of our house, I think it's the health, Mm -hmm. the health of our Our team, the health of our body, um, we're vigilant about Mm -hmm. growing a healthy church, not just a huge church. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm really proud to say that you know, while there's always pockets here and there, and there are people Mm -hmm. because everyone's on a journey, but overall, the rule is that the health of our church, I think, is the greatest. It's the greatest joy for me to have known the labor that we've sown in for the last eight years has great fruit coming out of that and so the people the people's lives are just flourishing and uh they're just moving towards a great great life so for that for me that's the hugest litmus test of of a great church is the people Mm -hmm. it's not how many people but Mm -hmm. the quality
1: yeah
0: well we know that you're not you don't live for the praise of people but we do genuinely I mean thank you for saying yes to coming and Mm -hmm. planting your church and leading it faithfully because there's leaders like us who are looking up to you, cheering for you, but also saying, Hey, we want to follow your example as you follow Mm -hmm. Jesus. And it's been such a blessing to us and Mm -hmm. reassuring even. I feel like there's, there's like voices right now. I think where there's such a wilderness in the church and in the kingdom and confusion and people are, Mm-hmm. Like walking through deserts, trying to find water. Mm-hmm. Like just, I don't even know how to explain it. Like just a lostness, even mm-hmm. in the church. Yeah. And there's just voices that emerge from time to time that are just John the Baptist style voice. Yeah. Calling out in the desert saying, here's the way. yeah, Like here's the Savior. Come see him. Yeah. You know, and we just feel like you guys and your church just has that prophetic voice right now mm-hmm. in this season. And mm-hmm. so we are so grateful that you've been obedient. Mm-hmm. and Because I know. God calls people and sometimes they don't respond. Yeah, you know, that's true. I think we're
2: just the ones that said yes. Yeah. Seriously. We, so we're like you. the third option, I'm sure. <laughs> 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 we were just the idiots that said yes. Like, honestly, I just thought, okay, go on. Like, I I, th- I honestly think he's, he just wants to use people who are willing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be talented because he equips those that yeah. he calls. But just say yes. Yep. Honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unlikely people yeah. in unlikely places. I mean. Mm-hmm. That's us. So thank you. It's very humbling. And um, yeah, thank you guys.
1: Thank you you for this just quality conversation. I feel like I've learned in the past 45 minutes so much and grown. And we hope all of you listening or watching have as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Be sure to subscribe if you have not yet and you'll get notified of new episodes. And yeah, thank you for tuning in today, guys. Thanks, guys.